That's great. That's terrific. When I was, when I was doing youth ministry uh, a long time ago, we used to take kids down the Colorado River in canoes, big canoe trips down the Colorado River. And um, it was, it was, it was um, you know, 50 kids, 20 canoes, 180-degree weather. I mean, it was just horrible down there. If you've ever been down the Colorado River in August, you, you, you know what it's like. And it was a great experience because it taught me that I never wanted to do youth ministry for the rest of my life. So right then and there, I had my life's calling, you know, not happen. But anyway, we'd, we'd always come to this place on, on the river as we go down. It was called the Jumps. And, and it was a cliff that went straight down into the water, just right, right, right down into deeper water. And, and the cliff was about 30 feet high um, there. And so we'd beach the canoes and, and we'd let the kids, you know, climb up the top and, and they'd, they'd jump in the water. And so, you know, I was kind of watching this all go on. And finally, one of the kids up the top said, hey, Paul, get on up here and jump. Now, um, I said, well, okay. And, and I told you it was 35, 30 feet up, but when I got up there, it was probably more like 40 feet, you know, as I was looking, I was looking down. And I don't know if you've ever jumped off of something like a 45-foot cliff like I was about to do here. And, and, and you think, you get up to the edge, and have any of you ever done cliff jumping? You get to the very, very edge, and you look down, and, and you know you're going to, to step off this thing and jump down. And it goes against every instinct in your soul. I mean, every single thing is telling you don't do it. Because all your life you've been doing what? Trying to avoid falling off of things. And, and here you're, you're getting ready to jump off a 50-foot cliff. I mean, right, right then and, and there. And so I got to the top. I looked down. And, 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 you know, and once you're at the top now, you got no choice. You've know, you got no choice because you've got all these kids that are watching you. And, and, and so I jumped. Um. Do you know when I hit the water um, from that 60-foot drop? <laughs> Do you know what the first thing that entered my head was? A bunch of water. Just a bunch of water because I forgot to hold, hold, hold my nose. But the second thing that entered my, my, my head was, wow, that was wild. And then it was, I want to do that again. You know? And what I want to do this morning for the next couple minutes is I want to talk a little bit about another river and another challenge, and going against sometimes our instinct and what we think we should do. And I want to talk about faith in God and probably you, and I know me, and and wanting God to do something again. So pray with me one more time, would you? Please, God, thank you for what you put in the Bible and what we can learn and grow from. And give me the right words right now. And Holy Spirit, work now, please, in Jesus' name. Well, we, we, we kind of kick off the year with a bunch of anticipation of a bunch of new stuff that God's going to be doing around here at Mariners. Yvette coming on staff is, is one of them, opening up a whole new door, a whole lot of uh, different new ways and new things. We're going to be looking in, in a few weeks just at, at how we can continually expand ourselves to touch more lives for Jesus Christ. And a great book, I thought, well, what would be a good way to, to kick off the year with all the new things that are going to be coming up and exciting stuff? And, and I think one of the best books in the Bible is, is the book of Joshua. Now, Joshua, if you've ever read it, and, and I really encourage you to, to, to read the whole thing, you look at it and you're going to find, first of all, it's in the Old Testament. And because it's in the Old Testament, you can know right away that it's going to deal with God revealing himself and his plan through the nation of Israel. That's what the Old Testament is all about. It's all about how God reveals who he is and what he does and how he works through a particular people, and that would be the nation of Israel. Now, Israel had spent 40 years wandering through the desert. You know, they were the, the, the wandering group of people going throughout. And, and finally, they're ready to enter the, you know, the ta-da, you know, the promised land. 
And so where they are is they're camped right here, right there where that kind of that blue spot is. And what they need to do is they need to go over into this spot there. And in between, you'll see a little blue line. And that little blue line is actually the River Jordan. Now, you kind of have to get a picture in your mind of, of the whole thing. This is the normal Jordan River right there. That's kind of what it looks like today. If you were to go there today and climb down to the bank, you'd see a river that looks a bit like that, and, and that would be the Jordan River. The Bible says this, it was the harvest season, and the Jordan was overflowing its banks. And so, clipped up another picture, and this, this other picture that shows on the top is this is the Jordan River um, with its velocity at flood stage. And actually, they've been able to control a lot of that through dams and, and all that kind of stuff. But bottom below one is a picture taken, gosh, probably about 100 years ago before they had all the, all the flood control. This is the Jordan River at flood stage right there. Now, if you can imagine back, you know, a few thousand years before that, it was that velocity at the top with that width at the bottom, Okay. It exists on a floodplain, and the, the river was flowing through. And so it is now this little peaceful river got big, and it's like you know, a quarter of a mile across and maybe 10 feet deep. You've heard the song, you know, deep and wide, you know, deep and wide. Well, this one was deep, and, and it was really wide here. And so you've got these, you know, a couple million people got their work cut out for them to, to come across the Jordan River. And the leaders, how do you get people across this thing with women and children and kids, you know, and, and animals and chickens and roosters and cats and dogs. How do you get them all across? So the Bible says this. Early the next morning, Joshua and all the Israelites left Acacia Grove and arrived at the banks of the Jordan River where they camped before crossing. This is just kind of to tell us everything that's going on here. Okay, they're camped there. They're, they're, they're setting up camp. And then it says this. Three days later, the Israelite officers went through the camp giving these instructions to the people. And, and, and I didn't see it at first, but then I began to think about it for a moment. And there's that, that, the, the phrase, the term, three days. And I think, why did they wait three days? I mean, if, if I have an issue or problem, I don't want to wait three days beside a rushing river because the longer I'm sitting by this rushing river, the worse I'm going to feel about crossing it, you know? I mean, I'm going to be sitting there watching it, and then I'm going to go down, I'm going to throw rocks in it, and I'm going to throw sticks in it and watch the stick go, you know, really fast and thinking, I'm not sure. So I have three days now to build up my doubts, okay? And that's what's going on, okay? Three days. Then it says this, and this is what, what Josh was saying, when you see the Levitical priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God, move out from your positions and follow them. Since you've never traveled this way before, they're going to guide you. Stay about a half a mile behind them, keeping a clear distance between you and the ark. Make sure you don't come any closer. Then Joshua told the people, Purify yourself, for tomorrow the Lord will do great wonders among you. In the morning, Joshua said to the priests, Lift up the ark of the covenant and lead the people across the river. And so they started out and went ahead of the people. And, and, and you want to think, well, good story. Okay, you know, it's, kind of, it's moving on. It's a good story, but so what? You know? Um, We've got to hang on. It says this. So the people left their camp to cross the Jordan. Now, if you underline or want to circle that word cross, that's an important word, and it's a cool word. Um, and we think we've all crossed something, you know, like cross the street, you know. We've crossed the creek, you know. You, you jump over it, and we've crossed from point A to point to point B. But the word cross here in, in the language that the Bible was written means a little bit more from going from point A to point B. It actually means something a little bit more significant, like getting over something big. Kind of like sometimes we'll say you've, you've now crossed the line, you know. It's like a milestone has been achieved at that point in time. 
getting over something significant. That's what it means here. Kind of like, you know, graduation is crossing. When you graduate, you've, you've crossed a line. When, when your kids, they learn how to tie their shoe, they've, they've crossed a line. Or being potty trained, <laughs> you know, they've finally crossed, they've crossed the line. You know, that's a, that's a good thing. A milestone has been achieved. You know, you're getting your driver's license, you know, is crossing the line. Me jumping off an 85-foot cliff is crossing, you know, <laughs> kind of a line of fear. Buying your first car, a decision to change, a decision to finally say, I've, I've had enough of what I'm going through. I'm going to go to a meeting. You're crossing a line. You've made a decision. To admit that you need God, I mean really admit it. You've crossed, you see? Those are significant, substantial things. Crossover, you get it? We've all done it. In fact, we've all maybe are facing a line to cross even right now. Now, I understand this story isn't quite as fun as last week's story. We, we talked about Rahab, the prostitute, you know, and, 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 and this week it's about crossing a river, and so there's no sex and no intrigue and no espionage or spies or martinis shaken, not stirred. You know, there's none of that stuff that's going to be going on in here. Um, but however, you know, most of us are not going to spy out a city. We're not going to do that. But I think all of us are going to have to cross something in life. And it's going to take God's help to do it. It could be crossing the line to forgiving somebody. You know, that's a line you got to cross. And that's a hard one. Or even crossing the line into opening yourself up to have a relationship. That's a big line. Because a lot of things have to go on on the inside. Or we talk about surrendering our lives to Jesus Christ. You are crossing a line when you do that. Or admitting your addiction. Whatever it is. We will all have to face it. And there are some words that I I want us to use of situations that are going on here that I hope apply to you, and and I know they apply to me and to help us in this one. And so if you're writing stuff down, uh, the first word is purify. And that word's used here, meaning get your spiritual act together. Let me read what it says here. Okay, it's saying this. Since you've never traveled this way before, they're going to guide you. You know, stay about a half a mile between them, keeping a clear distance between you and the ark. Make distant. Make sure you don't come any closer. Then Joshua said, told the people, purify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do great wonders among you. And there's that word purify, and we think, what in the world does that mean? How do you purify? You know, wash our clothes, you know, take a longer shower, uh, you know, a better bath. Well, sometimes it can be translated consecrate, and that's, that's a tough word too, but it really means to spiritually prepare yourself. Kind of get your, your heart in order before God. Get it right. If you've got any stupid stuff that you're doing, confess it. Ask God to forgive you for it. If you want to see God's work, well, you've got to clean up parts of your life. I mean, if you want to be able to have God work through you. And it means that we have a God who wants to be involved in, in, in a part of our lives and, and help us make decisions. And the whole process goes a whole lot smoother when we get our acts together, our spiritual life together. Um, this may help. And, 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 and I was reminded of a guy who called and one time set an appointment to see me. And we're, we're talking over coffee. And, 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 and he was seeing this girl and didn't know if they should get married or not. So he asked me, well, should I, should, I, should I marry her? <laughs> I, mean, I said, I'm not great at this kind of thing. I just said, how do I know? You know, I don't know. I don't know. You know and, then, and then, girl. 
And he said, well, tell me what to do and how I should know. And I said, well, how is your relationship with God right now? And, and his response was, well, what does that have to do with it? And I said, pretty much everything. You know, you're making a decision that will affect someone else's life forever. And you're about ready to make a decision that's going to affect your life forever. And a whole lot of people around is going to affect their lives forever. I mean, you're going to make a decision to spend time with someone for the rest of your life. You have to be in a good spot with God. You have to ask God for wisdom and for guidance. And that the selfish part of you would be going away. And any kind of resentment you have goes away so that you can come into this thinking clear. Because as you get close to God, you're disciplining your life for godliness. And and then as you read the Bible more, and this is part of it, you understand how God thinks, how God works, and you grow in your close relationship with God. I mean, you have to be in a great spot for decisions like this. Otherwise, how can you know anything? And what values are you basing your decisions on? What criteria can, can we use? And this is true for everything. You're considering a career. How is your connection with God? Are you purified on the inside? Or changing jobs or decision about ending a relationship or what school you're going to go to? Getting your heart inside right. That, that's what it's talking about here in order to be able to see God work so you can grasp what God is doing. Second thing, second word would be go. And that would be take one step of faith. It goes on and says this, In the morning Joshua said to the priests, Lift up the Ark of the Covenant and lead the people across the river. And so they started out and went ahead of the people. Now what they would do is, and, and if you've ever seen, if you're wondering what the Ark of the Covenant is, just go watch Indiana Jones, you know, and he'll, it'll show you Raiders of the Lost Ark. That's a great one. Anyway, it does look like that, honestly. And the priests there, before priests, they'd carry it, and there'd be long poles, and they'd, they'd kind of have this box up, and, 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 and they would be moving out, and, and so they'd, they'd lift the thing up, and they'd be carrying it on their shoulders and going out. It says, so the people left their, their camp to cross the Jordan, and the priests who were carrying the Ark of the Covenant went ahead of them. And, and if we were actually doing this thing, and we kind of have to place ourselves back there, um, let's say you and I were... were I would probably say, hey, let's kind of stay in the back <laughs> and see what goes on here, you know. I don't want to get too close to the front. And all of a sudden, you see people walking. We see people walking toward a, a river that is, you know, deep and wide and deep and wide. You know, they're walking towards that whole thing. And, and, and as we're watching the massive crowd and we're watching the priests that are a half mile ahead of everybody with the ark, we'd be looking down there, and we would say, you know, the river's looking pretty close to the way it did about five minutes ago. And they're getting closer and closer. And we'd say it's kind of looking the same as it did, you know, 30 seconds ago. It's not changing. It's not changing. And now they're getting really close, and we're seeing this little dot of the priests walking, and, and we're watching this whole thing. And we're going to ask ourselves, um, what's going to happen? Because I would think God would start to either part the waters or do something, you know, a few minutes ahead of the whole deal. But it says this, as soon as the feet of the priests who were carrying the ark touched the water at the river's edge, the water above the point began backing up a great distance away at a town called Adam, which is near Zarathan. And the water below that point flowed on to the Dead Sea until the riverbed was dry. Then all the people crossed over near the town of Jericho. And you've heard this before, and, and so it's not new to some of you. When did the waters begin to back up? They didn't back up until the priest's feet 
touched it. And that means that the priests were walking and walking and got closer and closer, you know. And if I were the priest in front, you know, I would say to the other guys as the water's coming, hey, quit pushing, you know, quit slow down a little bit because nothing's changing up here, you know. It's staying the same right there. And, of course, the lesson here is do what God wants no matter what it looks like ahead. I mean, you do what God wants no matter what it looks like ahead because God said, do this. This is what I need you to do. And it's not profound, but I really think it's the way we're supposed to live. Do what God wants, no matter what it looks like ahead. And, and there's another, you know, it's called living by faith. You live by faith. And it means that we as people have to go and, and take steps, even though there is risk, and of course there's going to be uncertainty, because the water doesn't part. It takes faith to forgive someone that hurts you. It does. You know, it takes faith to reconnect with someone and make amends with someone who's mad at you. It takes faith to serve in a ministry when you don't have time or to spend time with a troubled teen. It takes faith to do those kinds of things. Or even to consider start tithing in, in a ministry, start giving the way God wants you to give. It takes faith to do that. You sometimes want to say, God, first give me a surplus excess of money, then I'll start giving the way you want it to give. But it doesn't work that way. When do I want assurance that the river is going to... I want assurance before. But God said it doesn't happen that way. You trust me. And we've got to realize this in our lives. The river doesn't stop until my feet get wet. That's just the reality of it. The river doesn't stop till my feet get wet. Or you could put it this way, if I don't step, it won't stop. You know, if I don't, if I don't step, it's not going to stop. And so we sometimes, sometimes we, I, stand back and say, God, once you show me, you know, that, that it's okay to go, then I'll go. And God says, it's not going to stop until you step. If you don't step, Paul, it won't stop. Last word. Last word is, is, is watch. Watch what God does. Weird verse says this, when you see the priest carrying the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God, follow them since you've never gone this way before and they will guide you. Stay about a half a mile behind them, keeping a clear distance between you and the Ark. And you think, okay, he just kind of rolls over you, but say, wait a second, it's not making a whole lot of sense here. Why do you have to stay a half a mile behind to see where they're going? Why half a mile? I mean, why not a quarter of a mile? Why not? 10 feet. I mean, it's not, it's not rocket science. And we're not talking about a maze crossing the river, you know? We're not talking about a maze. You're going from this spot to that spot. It's pretty much a straight shot, okay? You cannot get lost crossing a river that's parted, okay? Either you're on the dry part or you're in the wet part, okay? So it's not that hard. So what is it talking about here where, so you've never been this way before? The gone this way before is not about direction. It's about method. It's saying to them, he's saying to them, you've never crossed a river like this before. You've never crossed a river like the way I'm going to get you across the river. God is saying to them, you've never seen me work like this. So I want you to watch and see. Watch this. Kind of the God doing it. Don't believe me, just watch. So on the back of the program, you have these stories that we're sharing. You know, sometimes we think, how in the world does this stuff happen? Well, you don't believe God? 
just watch and just read. And the priest's feet went in and the waters began to stack up. And the people walked through in a way they'd never walked through before, in a way that God was now in control of this whole thing. And this whole series is calling Facing My Future. And when we think about this place, you know, this place, this church family called Mariners, we're going to push an aggressive pace. Um, Why? Because we don't want to hinder or stop God's call on us. A vet's coming is because there are people on the coast side that we feel that we can now finally reach for Jesus. We not found, now finally can. And so we invest resources in staff, and we invest resources in programs. Why? To make it possible for her and others to make us reflect our community more. And we want to tirelessly seek to expand and reach coast artists for Christ. I promise you, as long as I'm here, we will. And there will be rivers, and there is a tendency to say, well, the river's big and the river's wide. But the great thing, God's promise is always over there. That's the whole point of this thing. The promised land or the promise is always over there. And to get from here to there, it's going to take faith. And to get from here to there, we have to take the steps first. And that's true not only for a church, that's also true for your life. The promise of being at peace with others is over there. And you have to cross and take steps of faith. God says, don't worry, I'm going with you. Some of you maybe or all of a sudden are at a river at flood stage in your life. That's just kind of the way it is. And you kind of ask yourself, you know, how am I going to get across this thing, you know? And, and, and maybe there needs to be time with God. I mean, an interaction with God to really come face to face with, with God and, and your river you know, and the thing that you need to get across, you know, the crossing thing. And maybe it takes a few moments for you to kind of get yourself pure in order you can see what God is calling you and telling you to do. Maybe you need the perspective of that. And, and, and maybe there's a step you need to take. In fact, I, I'm pretty sure there is. You know, you know what it is because it came up into your heart, into your mind as we were talking. You know who you need to forgive. You know who you need to, to, to love more or to reach out to or to touch. You know you need to surrender. It's not easy. But again, the heart doesn't stop until you step. Once you step, it gets easy from there. Remember I told you after I jump off the cliff, I'd say I'm never going to, you know, I got the top, I'm saying I don't want to do this. Once you're in the water, you just say, man, I want to do that again. Faith is addicting like that. When you start watching God do stuff, you say, I want to see that again, again and again. And I'd like to invite you now to just simply bow with me and and, and we're going to try and isolate that thing that's there. and, and, And would you take it to God in trust and in faith? If you bow with me, maybe your eyes are closed going before God, the God of the universe who's also personal meaning he's seeing your heart and he's seeing your mind right now what your thoughts are and your thoughts are troubled he knows that and if there's a specific situation that you know God is asking you to do thank him that he brought it to your attention
Ask him to show you what the next step is. The first step sometimes. You don't have to worry about second step or step number three, four, or five. Just number one. You got to take that in faith and in trust to do the thing that God is calling you, wanting you to do based on what he has said. For some of you, it's forgiveness or loving people or getting involved or that's what it was for me. Some of you, it's coming back to God, surrendering back. That's your step. And some of you, it's you've heard about Jesus and you've kind of resisted him a long time and all of a sudden you're realizing, I want him as my savior. That's your step. And that's a great step to say, I want Jesus Christ as my savior, my Lord. The name above all names, I want him. Lord, hear us as we pray. I know you do. and May life be different because we take steps in you and trust you. Help us not to back down from the commitments we're making now. Not back down. And thank you, God, you're with us every step of the way, every single step, even the first one. And we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, thanks, you guys, so much for coming. I was asked how high the cliff actually really was. They took a picture of me um, jumping. There it is. There it is. I'm glad you guys came and uh, witnessed this. So we're going to stand. We're going to finish with the final song. God bless you guys. Come back next week. Love you. Have a terrific week in Christ.